Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Dial Extra Hero Clicks. I'm your host, Hunter Smith. I'm kind of worried. I mean, if she's a dude, something's definitely not what I expected it to be. That was not a she, that was Kel Mitchell. He has long hair, but he's a dude. As, you know, the but song, he stated I'm she's a, dude. a dude. He only said, well, I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's you know, a dude. I try not to judge people. If she wants to be a dude, let her do her let thing. Let her do it. Uh, with me are Austin and Drew, of course. And nope. today we will be discussing... Main topic is rock age pieces. Um, this is something we've had requested on our uh, email account quite a bit. And basically, um, the rock age started just this past year. And it is a format where you get to use current sets and any um, <clears throat> side sets that are non-Marvel and non-DC as long as they've came out since... Uh, the last cutoff date on the unit section or on the, you know what I mean? Yeah. So any, uh, any side set that's came out basically since right before Superman. And in that format, there's a couple pieces. Um, I've got, we, we've got a handful to talk about and we'll talk about pieces that you may not realize, um, even exist to be honest. I mean, (laughs) a lot of the pieces kind of surprised people when they showed up at the rock to play. So today we're going to talk about those specific pieces, what they can do, which ones you should consider either to use on your team if you're participating in rock age or to use, or to at least plan for, you know, a, a, a game plan around to know what they do so that when you face them, you're not unprepared. Uh, we're going to talk about Nova Comics finally, and we're going to talk about dial design and do our featured dials for this month. We've pushed Nova back two weeks, haven't we? I think so. So, <laughs> um, first, let's get into some news. We had uh, not too many spoilers this week, but some good ones. Uh, we had Time Wizard. Hell oh yeah! My God. He was so broken a Yu Gi Oh card, man. He was so, he was the one where what you flipped your coin and you and like, if you got a head, if you got heads, it destroyed all your opponents. If you yeah, got tails, destroyed all yours. It was either really good Hunter, or really bad. Hunter, me with that card. I love that card. I used the crap out of it. Um, Time Wizard's a monster, though. Um, just like the card game. No, he's not. He's light and mystical. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, he's a super rare, seventy-two points unique. Um, silver ringed. He has uh, no combat symbols that are different than it. Traditionally, he's got six range. Um, he has TK outwit, 17 super senses, 9 attack, 3 damage. Eh. But then you look at his trait. Time magic. At the beginning of your turn, you may roll 2d6 that can't be re-rolled. If the result is 7 or higher, all opposing characters modify their defense negative 2. What? If 6 or lower, all friendly characters modify their defense negative 2. This lasts until your next turn. He is really cool. In Yu-Gi-Oh! only, he's going to be freaking sick. He's going right. to be one of the most fun sealed pieces. And he's a super rare as well, we should know. So, the reason he's, I think he's really good is because, and granted, this is again only in Yu-Gi-Oh!, not in the whole grand scheme of Heroclix, but that top dial is really good for support. TK and Outwit. For 72 points? Yeah. yeah. And and having super senses too, so at least he, you know, if they go after him, he has a chance to live him, but... That all you got to fun. all you got to do is be smart about when you time the trait. If your opponent has double tokened themselves, then roll it. You don't have to roll this every turn, so make the most of it. Use it when you really should use it, and you can really do some damage with that. Thing. And statistically, it does have a very slight towards your end um, by being seven or higher. Yeah, but pretty much. No, but pretty, pretty much, much, it's 50, almost 50. equal. Yeah. I wish they would just let you flip a coin. But yeah, I guess you don't. There's too many mechanics. You're not required to 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 have a coin. Have a coin with you. They could have just done one d six. Excuse me, one d six, and done one to three. You don't want. You know, yeah, I don't. Whatever, but I don't know. Rolling two d six is more exciting than one d six. Sculpt's pretty cool, and uh, I like him for Yu Gi Oh only. And he always has at least 
one good support power on his dial. Like top dial, he has outwit and TK. Then he gets perp, then prob, and then outwit and perp again. So he always has something useful. And when he has prob, he has pinside too, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So um, outside of like click two, and I think the last click, he has ways through dampeners. So Yu-Gi-Oh set again is looking pretty good, and it's only not this coming Wednesday, but the one after, I believe, is when oh, it comes really? out. Yep, nice. pretty soon, uh, or at least on the retail assets uh, page. The cheetahs are really cool. Cheetah. Now the fifty point. This is the uh, what would that be? Uncommon prime. The um, green. The green is green. Green common. Yes, white's yeah. common. Green's uncommon. Well, yeah, right. Uncommon. This isn't the, the prime though. This is no, the, no. The, so they spoiled the regular one and the prime version. Yeah. And the fifty point regular one is okay. Um, it has a trait: once per game, give her a free action. Choose an opposing character. As long as that character's on the map, she gets plus one combat values except for range. If the character's named Wonder Woman, you get exploit weakness. So, besides that, she has just charge and blades. She only has one damage her whole dial, so you are going to blades with her. There's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, um, one thing I do want to point out about that trade, though. <clears throat> all that matters is that she picked Wonder Woman. She can use exploit. It doesn't say she can only use exploit against Wonder Woman. So, if your opponent's running a Wonder Woman and you pick her for the modifier... As long as that character's on the map, she can use exploit, period. Yeah, but if you're not playing against a Wonder Woman, oh, she yeah. won't get exploit yeah. weakness. So as long as you... What you want to do is set her up... Set her up... She has a, a charge with eight squares, so that'd be four squares away. So set up five squares away from your opponent and let them forget about your trait. Yep. And think that you can't charge them and then make them perp somebody else's defense. Then you roll that six... Or line like... up your prob somewhere. Or, you know, somewhere else. Yeah. And then you're like, ooh, boom, trait, I choose you, and now I can reach you, and now I have a better attack, and I can and I reach you. Not too bad for 50 points. At 50 least 50 points of five clicks of blades is nice. Now, the prime one I really like. I like the sculpt. 90 points, calculator. <clears throat> this is the Barbara and Minerva ver- version, the kind of modern age version. And uh, ignores elevated or uh, hindering in characters. She's really good. She kind of reminds me of... Um, Catwoman of Selena Kyle, but more attack based. She has traded reflexes, and if she has no tokens, she can use exploit. She has leap climb, and when she resolves a move action, you may give her a close combat action as a oh, free action. Sick. So, and she has a ten freaking movement. Yeah, if you notice, by the way, her defense never goes below a sixteen. So she's always going to have 19s and 18s. And she always either has shape change or super senses on her dial. She's too. sick. She's like... So a 10 square move and then a blades afterwards with an 11 attack is freaking nice. And then she's got wild card on top of it, like I said. Traded reflexes plus the super senses and the shape change is... I like this piece. Yep. Um, I like not, the keywords. Not broken or anything. But, but she's like worth her points, and she's great. Injustice Society, Society, Scientist, Animal. Animal and Scientist animal. being two big ones. Hey, Hunter, what's that? When she resolves a move action, she gets a close combat action. Who gives animals free movement actions? Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Alyosha Craven, maybe? Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, even better yeah, is You can't she, really uh, do that, though. Why? Because they're both primes. Can't play more oh, than Prime on team. This guy. This, <laughs> this is why I'm in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I know there was. I got you back, Drew. I got you. Hey, all right. Why you drew the victim here? He yeah. wasn't even part of this. Drew, you want to talk about Destiny? My Jesus Christ in heaven. What the fuck were they yeah. thinking? I don't think... She's good, but I don't think she's well, quite as good as everybody thinks she is. She's not as good as everyone thinks she is, but... She's going to be on almost what, every team. Yeah, if you run a team with her and, you know, the Trinity is off their base, you're going to... I will say I would love to play her against people who 
play nothing but prob on our team. So like yeah. one. We'll get to that. Well, well, yeah, we'll <laughs> get to that. Anyway, if I were to have played Destiny this past week, she would have helped out a lot. Actually, uh, my prob said toughness at least. If you look at her dial, she's got two white boxes, attack and damage, and she's got super senses. But she's got a trait as well. Her uh, trait is after an opposing character with an eight squares uses outwit, perplex, or probability control, and actions res- and actions resolve. So note that deal that character one damage if it has not already taken damage from this effect this turn. So what this means is if they use outwit and then they click off of it, you get your stuff back. Correct. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she's got an attack thing. Uh, she can use Precision Strike and Range Combat Expert if she had a range of 5. Precision Strike range 5 on a little piece, like a support it's piece still, like that, you know. isn't bad. Especially with her having a 10 attack and, and, and prop control. Now this is a good range one. Combat expert will she can use prop control if she had a range value of 8 and doesn't need line of fire to the attacker if she has line of fire to the target of the attack. And I was just thinking about this Wednesday, which I'll get into with my team, was I wondered why they hadn't done a power like this yet where you choose the person being attacked to prob instead of the, you, per, the you, attacker. You know who this is insanely good against? Who's that? Iron Pharaoh and Phantom X. Yeah. You, well, what's really cool about that damage power, uh, the prob control with range of 8 and doesn't need line of fire to the attacker if she has line of fire to the target, is you can just plop her behind your big beef, yep. beefy dude and you can prob both people without being at risk from getting retaliated because you're safe behind your guy. So as long as they shoot at your guy, you're like, okay, I prob it. Like, you you stay safe. And the cool thing about her trade also is the the whole take one damage after the outweigh perplex and prob. It's not penetrating. Yeah. But if you think about it, the average oh, more than piece. that more than average piece that has those powers usually doesn't have dampeners. They on top have of that. toughness. They're occasionally. Yeah, but I mean, for the most part, those pieces usually have finet. They're kind of like super senses or energy shield, usually stuff like that. You know, what I find really interesting. The fact she has zero damage or a whole dial, but precision strike is the only way she can deal damage or RC. She has a, yeah, she has Yeah, the, well, they make that so that you can't running shot. Even if you gave her a hammer, she still can't do any damage. Like, yeah. you have to RCE to deal damage with her. Precision strike isn't going to deal any damage if you have zero damage. Yeah. Precision, precision strike, strike just lets it not be reduced oh, below yeah, one, true. but zero minus one is negative one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not it's, it's it, math, it, Austin. It doesn't give. <laughs> they gave you anything. So that's it for spoilers. Uh, let's talk about what we played this week. Wednesday we had a 500 point event, uh, kind of a time travel event, where you had to play at least one figure that had future or past keyword. And uh, who wants to start off? Austin, you want to start off? Yeah. So uh, I built my team originally, and it revolved around Iron Pharaoh. Um, I've really wanted to play this piece. I've seen it played a few times, and I pulled one from prizes a few weeks prior. Or I pulled a piece I traded for it from prizes. So, my team was going to be... I tried to find a good past team built around. I couldn't find one I liked. And I kind of wanted my team to have a story, so I went with... Uh, found out Iron Pharaoh had the mystical keyword, and so I ran him with the Ancient One, who, when he dies, makes someone Sorcerer Supreme. Um, Baron Mordo, Jennifer Kale, and three Thule Society priests with um, Hydra Deep Science Division. Um, which is an ATA for, I think, three points each. Um, what it does is uh, each individual or opponents that use outwit, prob, or perp get negative three on their range for that. Even the, uh, get negative one on their range per character with it. Um, but that applies to minimum range, too, as long as it's not less than one. 
So effectively, you're turning all the default sixes into minimum threes by having three Thule priests with that. Plus, the Thules had mystics or uh, could wildcard mystics and down dial to get prob. They were a good thing to theme team prob off of too. Um, so I was I had this team set up. Was really excited to play it. Um, the morning of, before I got there, I forgot my backpack at home entirely. What a loser. And so, Phil, bless his heart, started working with uh, everyone he could to try to get uh, all, all the pieces I could, but I still couldn't find an Iron Pharaoh. So Hunter bummed me the 100-point Scarlet Witch to replace him, which made this team ridiculous. Um, I didn't realize how much probability control was on this team until I actually went to play it. Um, oh I had God. nine defensive probs eight offensive probs and Scarlet Witch's defensive ability where if she after she's finally hit I can re-roll the attack once um, ignoring the roll as long as um, and the final roll can't be re-rolled so it's kind of like 10 if they targeted her and it was crazy I mean my first game um, was against Phil uh, Phil missed a really important attack out the gate and then after that I probed everything into oblivion um, second game was the same way. The guy couldn't hit anything. I just kept probbing everything. Um, third game was against Drewster here. Um, Drew actually, even though my team was a pretty good hard counter to steal energy characters, um, it with all the mystics and everything, um, he still almost pulled the win out on me. Um, overall, I, I took first in the entire event. Um, pulled a Ghost Rider for prizes. I was happy with that. It was weird to open ASM for prizes, though. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah, screw ASM. Yeah, I have the set. I don't want any more. Yeah, me neither. After Gen Con, especially. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Drew, what was your team? What was your... Uh, I played a monster-themed team. Oh, that's right. Uh, I had ASM Dracula, who I am in firm belief is better than the fear itself Dracula. I concur. Uh... They have their pros and cons, but I think overall the ASM is still better. He, yeah, he's more well-rounded. Um, I don't agree. Why is that? He's impossible to freaking kill. He really is. Have you ever played Oh, yeah, him? he has the... Yeah, but you could outwit that defense ability. Or the free read. He has traded stealth. The oh, keeper. true. Stealth. Oh, yeah, and he has the traded mind control that you didn't use that you probably could have done to good effect. Too. Well, it honestly, I've played him a couple times. I've, I don't think yeah, I've ever, I don't I, think I've ever lost a game with him. And you don't really want to use the mind control because you can dish so much more damage and heal by doing the melee. That, well, that's not free. I don't think. The, oh, it's not free mind control, but uh, no, yeah. So no, it, it's really s- not worth it. The situation we were in, though, like. Baron Mordo was away from him. He didn't have move and attack. It would have been yeah, good for him to mind control Baron Mordo to smack someone else with Mystic. I, I don't think I had a counter on. You can only mind control if oh, you, you have can. a counter on them. When oh, you I hit, you that. you leave mesmerized tokens on when you yeah. hit people, and then you can mind control them with like eight range two bolts or something crazy. Yeah, like I that. think Cap Wolf got it on Mordo before. Yeah. Uh, so I was playing. I was playing uh, ASM Dracula, uh, the Living Mummy. Uh, the Shamblin Man. Uh, Dial H for Hero Click's fan favorite. Or, you know, uh, he's just... Our favorite. He's he's a beast. Like, the guy... Like, people sleep on him because he's a common and they're like, oh, stupid friggin' mummy. Who's gonna play this? Me is the answer. Um, I played Capwell from Captain America. I yeah, played a ton of those mummies once. Um, they were just ridiculous. Capwell from Captain America. Um, a vampire from ASM. And, uh... 
who is actually surprisingly good. Like I, I didn't think he was going to do much at first, but two damage exploit with an eleven attack. I think it's a ten attack, but it's still really good for his points. I think he heals on to eleven if you land that yeah. first hit. And uh, he's got carry and stealth, so you can keep him covered. And uh, a mole man who did work beyond his days, especially with Cap Wolf. Um, my first game, I went up against uh, a team of Cable from uh, AVX and Cypher and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, <laughs> it was not like he did. He had no moving attack, so I was able to get in really easily. You know, so I, I kind of played. This was a really good finesse team. Like I didn't like. I just had to stay in stealth, you know, and just let them come to me. The second game, I can't even remember the second game. I won it. Um, so, must have done well. And the third game was against Austin Smith. Um, this game was the most frustrating game of Hero Clicks I have possibly ever played. I knew going into it, I would never hit a roll. Because he had nine probs and, and he, I kept blocking he's not exaggerating. He had nine probs, literally nine probs. <laughs> I'm not, like, and that's not counting theme team probs. If the person, if so the person didn't have it at the time. you're like, okay, I'm gonna swing, hit, re-roll, gonna swing. This guy's prob, gonna swing. This guy's prob, gonna swing. This guy's prob. And you're just like, come on, why? And then uh, it was even better with Ancient One, because Ancient One doesn't need line of fire to make someone re-roll their die roll. So like, they think they're finally through all the probs, and they're all excited, and they're like, Ancient One makes you re-roll. And they're like, no! It's truly a team only a dick would play, I, I think is the <laughs> story here. It's alright, because in a couple months you can just run mes- uh, Destiny. And I know. You can just make awesome Or you can just run John Constantine. It- I didn't want to run... I just wanted to play something fun, so I played an all-melee team. It, I get tired of playing ranged teams all the time, and I did pretty well considering, so... I did a soldier-themed team because uh, I wanted to try... I have a list of pieces I wanted to try, and initially I had a little theme team, but it didn't have anybody... I, I A lot of them I had already played before, so I wanted to try somebody new, so I saw... I. Uh, Wanted to build around Sergeant Rock because, like we said, one of our guys has to have future or past. And Sergeant Rock has past, and he I was looking at him, and I was like, this is a pretty good little figure. Like, he has 17 defend. He's only 68 points. 17 defend and leadership and running shot and, and decent values. But the, the really good thing about him is his trait, friendly characters under 50 points with soldier keyword, and within eight squares can use willpower if they can't already. I was like, hot dog, that's really good. So... I was like, let's go with the soldier theme team. So I used him. I used two shield snipers from Sinister. They're only 22 points. They're pretty good. And they're, for 22 points, they were redonkulous. Um, they have a 9 attack and 1 damage, but they have 8 range in RCE. And shield team ability. So I had those two. I had Sergeant Rock. I had uh, Major Glenn Talbot, who, of course, enhances and then uses shield team <laughs> ability uh, to bump up damage yeah. again and then I was using um, 
one more little support guy. I can't. I'll think of it in a minute. Uh, Lady Blackhawk to carry him all around from the Fast Forces. That's a piece that I've had for a long time and looked at. And I'm like, that's a pretty good little piece. But she was perfect yeah. for this team because I basically had an enhanced ball, pretty much. And the enhanced ball. Oh, Killian, Al- Aldrich Killian. Yeah. So Sergeant Rock is giving the two little twenty-two point snipers willpower. Given Talbot willpower so he can continue to, to buff up damage. And then given Killian willpower so that he can drop barrier every turn. So I have a Hydra from Killian. I have two shields from the snipers. And then so and then I have the enhancement plus the shield um, power action from Talbot. So I basically have my own little turret yeah. turret of you know, a laser turret that Lady Blackhawk carries around wherever I need. None of them have moving attack, but Lady Blackhawk can carry them all, and that solves my movement yep. issue. Meanwhile, Sergeant Rock's giving them all willpower. And it was nasty. It was way nastier than I thought it was going to be. And on the other side of all these pieces, I had War Machine Prime, because <laughs> he's on my list of pieces to play. I've played against him and been like, that dude's nuts, I want to try him. So this time, he he had soldiers, so I went with him, and it was really good. I... I played some really good teams and some really good people, and in the end, it was just too much for them. Um, we couldn't use resources on this, so I used the Flame Blast Ring because none of my people had uh, Penetrating. That's what I ran on mine, too. So, I did pick it up two out of three games, so I can't c- complain about that. And I would basically pick Bridge Map most of the time, and I would go to the side. I would do a War Machine. If, if you're not familiar with the Prime, you give them a double power action... And you take two actions. And what was good about using him with the relic is that I can move him over five squares and then pick up the ring all in one big turn. So I was getting my ring on turn one by doing that. And um, then the rest of the team could just, like I said, Lady Blackhawk carries them around where they need to be. And if you if you worry too much and you focus on my War Machine Prime, then the other team is just going to just pick you apart. Just yeah. one by one by one. And if you don't, if you go after that team, then you got to worry about a double power action, War Machine getting two enhancements and yeah. plus two range and a Hydra team ability from the other dudes. And it was just too much. There were time and the revenge tokens too. There were times where he was dishing out like twenty damage in one turn from from the two attacks with the enhancement and from doing the revenge tokens and then getting another shot. It was just it was too much. I played some good teams, had some close matches, and uh, the one thing I was worried about in this event was Iron Pharaoh. I think everyone was. And this is another example of what we've talked about on the podcast before where you need to, when you're doing an event, not only figure out what you want to do, figure out what are the pieces you expect a lot of people to play. And I think a lot of people expected the Iron Man chases to be used because there's not a whole lot of past and future keyword figures. And they're new and they're new, they're pretty good, and people have been wanting to play them. So on Pharaoh, I wanted to play indoors because the eagle ignores um, outdoor, blocking. outdoor blocking. So Killian was doing me no good. And Killian was really the, the linchpin to my team. If people would have went after Killian faster, it would have been easier, but he has stealth. And uh, Killian was able to barrier in my team safe to safety like every turn. Plus then leadershiping tokens off of him with Sergeant Rock. Like Sergeant Rock was really good. And he's giving a 17 defend to my whole team. And them sitting in hindering so they were like 18. Um, it was a really good team. Really fun. And uh, against Iron Pharaoh I chose an indoor map so that I could barrier myself in safely. And I managed to kill all the other pieces 
before the Pharaoh really got set up. And then by the time the Pharaoh got set up, I was able to kind of outrun him and then pin him down and take him out. So it was a yeah, good team. Me and Harry were talking about the day. Harry's Pharaoh was the only one that like made the top like bracket. Like really, a lot of those Pharaohs got shut down today. Um, the piece I was honestly expecting to see that I didn't realize didn't qualify was Doom Kang because I thought he'd have past or future. But I, I forgot when they made those duos, they set them up to where they only had keywords they both shared. Yeah. So they had uh, they don't have it. So I was I was actually really thankful because I did not want to go up against 50 Doom Kangs. Um, and then we just got back from the dugout where we had a 1,200-point theme team match. And we try to do big point events like this once every three months or so. And I decided to make this one that you had to play a theme team. doesn't have to be named or generic. It's whatever you prefer. But just to keep people from running, like, retarded combos, you know, um, there's a million we can list, but mixing and matching things. There were still a couple. Mixing Galactus with team bases and as their herald and all kind, you know, crazy shit that you can do. So, um, theme team requirement. Um, I'll go first. I played a armor theme team because uh, every time we do a big points game, you can bet your ass that I'm playing a colossal. Because I have every Colossal almost that's ever been made, and you don't get a lot of chances to play them. No. And so when we do these big ones, I always pick one. I'm like, all right, who have I not played? Let's build around them. So I went with Apocalypse, because I've had them forever, still haven't played them. Which Apocalypse? And I'll pull them up here. And um, GSX G03, the main one. I don't really care much for the other. The, I don't really either. Yeah, so I just, <laughs> I'm not going to get the other one. I just have this guy. And I've, I've had him for a long time and want to try him. His keywords are pretty limited, though. Armor, future, horsemen, which is really hard to make a theme team of at the moment. Past and ruler. So I was like, I either go future or past, or I go armor. I was like, Iron Man just came out. There's a lot of good armor figs. Let's go armor. So this apocalypse costs 500 points. He has traded uh, powers and values can't be countered. He can't be in-capped. He has traded plasticity and shape change. Oh, which I forgot about today on that last match that he had traded shape change. Um, <clears throat> the dude's sick. I was giving him exploit, and I was giving him... I had the two Mandroid armor uh, shield guys that TK for like 15 points. They're so retardedly broken. I had three 22-point U-men, which are basically 22-point armor enhancers, and they would sit around Apocalypse... With his plus two range and his bonus values from the book and just shit blast just all day long. And then Apocalypse would shoot and then I had Tony Stark from the the Argonauts. The extremist one. Who would mind control him and then he would get another six or seven damage out that turn. And no, was, Tony, I like that Tony. I expect to see a lot more of it. I liked him quite a bit. He really, I mean that's 70 points that I spent on him dished out probably 20 damage every game. Like, of just off yeah. mind control. So, the combination of him with big armor pieces like this is really, really high. The, the potential. So, I had Apocalypse, three human, two Mandroid armor TK guys. Um, the Argonauts Tony. The M10 Iron Man at 125 just to help against book teams. Which it did quite a bit. And then, um, uh, Silver Centurion. And... Rescue and Split Lip and Ultron at 90 points, the one that spits drones. So what I would do is spit drones, use them to fly and carry around my armor and my shield dudes and kind of set the place up and then go tie up. 
and slow people down so that I could take shots with my mostly range-based team. And then when they got close, Apocalypse has charge and, and exploit from Scotty's hammer. So, And then I was giving uh, Anger's hammer to Iron Impton Iron Man, which shouldn't even be allowed, to be quite honest. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to give him steel energy because people have a hard enough time damaging him because yeah, of his trade. And then he'll just heal right back up for free. Like, at least with Absorbing Man, if he wants to heal, he has to roll perfectly what yeah. he needs. Iron Man just, you know, doesn't have that stipulation. So I went 3-0, had really close, uh, really good games, and had a lot of fun with this team. I, I do recommend Apocalypse. He's really good. Um, he starts off, he's very melee-based, even though I was using him as range. And uh, he gets Mastermind and Invul kind of mid-dial, so I would uh, pop drones out and then run them up to him, and then he could just Mastermind onto the drones. And it was just never-ending Mastermind fodder. And you can't outwit it because his traits can't, he his powers can't be outwitted. So it was too much for most teams. Um, I had a good time, though, and went 3-0. Rescue, so good. Oh, yeah. For 65 points, that was the first time I've played her. Jesus. You Jesus. don't realize how much utility you get out of her. She's that so nasty. Even just two-bolt in cap for her yep. points like and carry. like That's all you need. And then giving her willpower through the hammer's power cosmic like, was just too much. And she has TK. Drew, what were you running? Uh, I didn't really have any idea what I wanted to play last night, so I was like... I've never played Avengers Prime. I don't condone people who play Avengers Prime. You just played it. I just played it, but I did terrible. So, <laughs> I uh, went one and two. I didn't get last place. Watch But, uh, yeah. Um, I played Avengers Prime first. Avengers Prime, Movie Hulk, Wasp from Chaos War. Um, Great choice. Avengers vs. X-Men Spidey. Um, oh, God. Donald Blake. Donald Blake and Avengers um, Prime. What kind of... Galactic Guardians, 140-point thing. Galactic Guardians thing, who might have been my MVP, because he's... If you can play him right, like, especially with a TKer, the dude can dish out some damage. Yeah. Especially, I haven't played him with Book yet. Giving him uh, Scotty's Hammer? Holy shit. Um, when he... His clobber and time thing, if I recall, doesn't it, it? Can't you do it multiple times because it's not a free action? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's because it specifically states if they that let each you, time if you they let it. you do it again. See, the the reason you can keep doing it is because it says the thing may activate this power again. Oh, okay. So if they actually are stupid enough to let you get another close combat, and because it says each time an opponent he gets to keep doing it. So. Yeah, never let thing ever hit you. For yes, take the one unavoidable. Just and God, okay, let's put a bookmark on this dude. I'm gonna play him now. That Scotty's hammer exists. I didn't even think about. He's that. amazing because <laughs> his only problem is he doesn't have penetrating damage. Given him, and he only has a ten attack for a 140 point figure. Given him a 12 and a six exploit after the object. Holy crap. The Drewster of two years ago who first started Heroclix, this was his first piece that he opened up in a Galactic Guardians booster. Baby Drewster opens this Baby pack. Drewster. I love this piece. This is probably... I miss Baby Drewster, don't you also? I do too. He was cute. I'm Back before he became the cynical asshole he is today. <laughs> and we're missing some people from... Uh, there's one or two more. Oh, Movie uh, Hulk! He already said that. 35-point Scarlet Witch from Avengers. Yeah. Really good piece. Whose range is really good for eight, points. Eight... <laughs> Eight range prob for 30 points. Yeah, and then you can push her on a barrier, too. Right. Yep. In my a barrier day, prob. we had eight range on our prop controls all the Eight time. range barrier. Yeah, ten control. <laughs> ten. Yeah, that's true. Long range barrier so much better oh, than people realize. Oh, it really is. 
Um, uh, Are you missing somebody? I think that... Oh, Black Panther. Black Panther from Avengers. Is it the 27? Who would not click at all for the love of God that piece is so old. Is that like the 21 to 27 point out wit one? No, No. he played the Avengers one. Oh, I love the 27 point one so much. Yeah. But this one's really good, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm so well, excited we're getting a new Black Panther Hunter. I can't contain it. I know. It, it's going to be awesome. Oh, my well, gosh. Or, sorry, I'm picking the wrong one. Um, the problem with the Avengers Panther is usually that he doesn't have willpower. He doesn't have moving attacks. So, giving him a hammer really yeah. solves that. He's pretty, oh, it's that one. Yeah. He's pretty legit good. Wild card, wild though. card, yeah. So, um, this team was pretty good. It just... Harry's team first round was so legitimately ridiculous that I couldn't even... Like, my God. He ran, like, the Trinity Ascend team base and, like, all these (laughs) mystics. And he had so much... It's like... It was like Wednesday all over again. (laughs) (laughs) Drew's PTSD was confirmed. It's so silly that he... Like, I'm getting tired of these mystics. But I understand why people were on them. You're gonna have fun, you're gonna have fun but, when it comes to grading dials this week. But uh, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I, I had a blast. My team was great. Austin Austin did well. I'm proud of him. Yep. Even though like things were looking kind of bleak there for a moment in the second game. Um, I ran a Gotham City Police team. Um, I've played Police many times in like 500, 600 point games. I've never had a chance really to go crazy at like twelve hundred points with him. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have to. Have I'm, not gonna list list, I'm not gonna list. I'm not gonna list my figures. Pretty much, I had every Gordon you could think of on that team. Um, I had three of the riot soldiers, two cop cars, a motorcycle. Um, the Ghosts of Batman chases. I've really wanted to play them. Um, I wanted to play them No Man's Land month six, and ended up changing my team to something else at the last minute. Um, basically, the ghosts were all stars. Like, those pieces, they're pretty short dials for their points, but if your opponent doesn't pay attention to them, or you take advantage of that Bane Bat's uh, trait where uh, he has to be targeted over other people, so you can kind of draw fire away, um, they can output serious damage. Um, I was running kind of enhanced balls. Those GCPD sergeants from uh, SOG, is it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love those. That is my favorite police piece like ever made. They are really good. Leadership, all they need is to share a keyword with someone to pull all, uh, pull a token off of them. They have perplex. Um, and then on top of that, they start with energy shield, but they drop on to uh, um, plus one defense to adjacent characters and toughness. So what makes them really good is that energy shield kind of helps you when someone energy explosions you. Um, it helps majorly because usually they'll hit the main person, but they'll miss the GCPD sergeants. Um, the perplexes were great. Really what I did with this team was I ran Book of Skulls with it. I would use the cop cars kind of to block line of fire, and my opponent would like double token up, spending two turns hitting the cop cars. And then uh, either the living cop cars would pull people back with chain to the bumper and put them in line of fire, or um, while my opponents are tokened, I'd use the GCPD TA to move everybody up a little bit, get into a nice kill box using the riot soldiers, my opponent's negative three defense, and I have plus two from a hammer. I mean, like, there was no chance for me to miss. It literally just came down to super senses. Um, so I ran an enhance ball with this. Um, one of the Gordons I ran has a leadership. I think it's the DKR Marquis? He has the spotlight? That's... Uh, no. no, he's a rare from the set. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, he, his leadership, if he rolls a six, he can knock a token off two adjacent characters instead of just one. Um, it was amazing. I got to use that so many times. And he's an 18 defend, 10 energy explosion, um, 2 damage. Um, he can also use Mastermind. Uh, he can choose to deal the damage to a friendly character that has a higher point value. If they have a keyword or team ability that he possesses. Um, I ran Cerise, too, um, because it was a police team. She had police. Um, I needed a good pin side character to Police. Police. Um, oh, my gosh. It was just... It was a great team. I really enjoyed playing it. My only problem is, at 1,200 points, having so much to manage at beginning a turn between Book of Skulls, uh, a movement of four free spaces... And leaderships and getting to and perplexes and choosing how I wanted to organize that. It's like, oh, do I want to free move my sergeant four squares over here, then roll his leadership, or do I want to move this guy four squares out, then drop him a hammer, or do I want to do this, do I want to do that? Like there were just so many things to think of that my turns were taking forever, and I felt like I was frustrating my opponents sometimes. But that's how police teams get. Like they're just so there's so many effects you have to count up between stuff. That's also what makes them so good, though. Yeah. Because their little cogs in the whole machine, like, really add up to help you pick people off. Just the police on, you know, for instance, the police team ability. Like, there's so many little things that work together to make them really strong. Yeah. But by themselves, they're not great pieces. Um, Pretty much, my game, my first game was, like, by the time it was over, we had three turns each. Um, Pretty much, he killed one figure, or he killed two figures, mine, I killed one of his. Last action, he finished one off, and it kind of ended the score there. Um, my second game, I really thought I had lost it. Um, I'd lost pretty much almost all my figures. I was down to devil bats and a small enhanced ball. Um, I Drew was sitting there watching because he had the buy, and uh, my opponent was playing Asgardians and had a bunch of really expensive Asgardian pieces. Um, and devil bats kept getting. Uh, I had two sergeants with him, and I kept hitting their leaderships to pull tokens off of him. Kept assigning him the book. He had Mox Hammer. And he's just throwing six damage shots down range with a 13, 14 after perped and with Hammer. Or uh, with the book values. I mean, like, I was just laying down the damage down range. And uh, my opponent, I don't think, ever actually hit Devil Bats. Um, he stayed uh, he stayed up there on his stealth 11 attack. Um, he has a super senses. He gets plus one defense if, someone, if an enemy is adjacent to him with a token. He has a wit. He's only got a five range, but when you have perps and stuff like that, it wasn't that bad. Um, so I'm triple policing down these big figures that have like a 19 defense. So they're dropping to a 16 with the riot soldiers. And then you have a hammer. And then I have a hammer and a perplex. Um, back when I had all three figures out, though, um, I targeted Cole Borson with the ghost trait. So all of them had plus two attack targeting uh, Cole, which was monstrous. Now the trick I got him with was... The we call him Devil Bats. He's SOG zero fifty two Batman. He's from the Ghosts of Batman. Um, he's the mystical one. Um, his attack ability is he can use EE, and when he does, the damage is penetrating. So my opponent with Cole kept naming Pinsai, so I couldn't penetrate through all his impervious he had. Well, that didn't really matter to this guy because this guy just used EE to penetrate through it, and he had to keep choosing Pinsai to keep my other Pinsires down. Um, in the end, it came down to points. Um, I think had it gone on, I might have actually completely cleared the board with just Devil Bats. Um, that figure, I really underestimated for 116 points. Um, he, he's great. And three, I've talked about it before, three clicks of region on the last three is amazing. Um, one click of region is kind of meh. Like, sometimes you'll hit it, sometimes you won't. Two clicks, you'll pretty much hit most of the time. Three clicks of region is awesome. 
Because your opponent really doesn't set up to think to hit them really hard when they're on regen. They're like, I'll just peg them for one. And that'll probably be their last click. No, this this bastard's got three of them. Um, I love my team. Uh, final round of women is Brotherhood of Mutants. And it was kind of cool because the setup we had was very like thematic looking. I had like my police cars as barricades and my motorcycle out in front. And I was barriering in. He was running GSX Magneto and throwing objects. Um, I flanked my riot soldiers around though. Used the GCP free movement to get behind some people and force blasted them forward into the kill box. Um, it, it was fun. Like I really love this team. I feel like though I would have enjoyed it more in a friendly casual game than I did in something like this where we were timed and I was trying to not frustrate my opponents with how long it was taking me off turns. Um, but I went two one in the end. Um, I think I came in like fourth or fifth. Um, it was fun. Let's move into our main topic, which again is the Rock Age. And again, for people who don't know, that is, you know, typical modern ages. Every set that's came out since Superman, at, as far as now, until it rotates and changes again. And typically, DC and Marvel are not allowed, or anything that's not DC and Marvel is not allowed. Well, in the Rock Age, you're allowed to use anything that has came out since before Superman. Which, when you look at the list, or anything that's been out within the last year, I think. So that includes, uh, what we'll be talking about is Iron Maiden, Fellowship of the Ring, Pacific Rim, Bioshock, Kick-Ass, Lone Ranger, uh, not Star Trek, because remember, Star Trek pieces can't be used. Uh, or the tech, yeah, Star Trek pieces can't be used because they have different wording and everything. Um... Hobbit Journey to Lonely Mountain, Two Towers, Mage Knight Resurrection, Dota 2, and Desolation of Smog. So what we're going to do is not talk about every piece, of course, because that will take an eternity. But we will talk about the pieces that you should at least give a glance at and consider you know, um, using on your team. Now whether, even if you don't actually use them... At least be aware of them and what they can do, so that you know, so that if somebody else brings out the, if you see um, uh, what are what are they called, uh, worker spiders on your team, your opponent's team, you know to be really, you know, you know that you actually have to, you actually have to go after them and, and you know slow them down. Um, <clears throat> so first we will talk about worker. Well, let's just go ahead and talk about worker spider. I love these things. Now, we've already seen Worker Spiders do well in the ROC tournaments in the Rock Age format. They are only 10 points, and we talked about them before. We talked about them on our award show. I love them to death. They came in the Hobbit of Desolation uh, of Smog starter set. And some people say Scotty Samer is the most broken horde token. I still say that these, me and Austin DeBay, Scotty's Warbot. Scotty's Hammer is a token. <laughs> Scotty's Warbot, but I still say Austin says Scotty's Warbot's still worse for the points, but I still think these guys are are more broken for the points. Empower and Barrier on a 10-point figure is just too much. And then you give them Leap Climb so that they can get over any terrain they need and carry cover a lot of ground to get over to you to Empower. Effectively, outside of the fact they can't carry these guys obsolete the motorcycle, as far as I'm concerned. The motor, yeah. the motorcycles only give the only thing the motorcycle has over it is it can carry, and it can energy explosion and has a few more clicks. But it really loses the barrier after the first click. It does have the police team ability as well. Oh yeah, true. I forgot about that. <clears throat> um, motorcycles really good. 
Worker Spider is something you absolutely have to watch out for. If they if you're playing an ROC tournament and people are aware of these things, there's no way at least one of your opponents won't have some on their team. In my opinion, I mean, if I run an ROC event and these Worker Spiders even remotely work around the idea behind my team, I'm running the some bitches. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um. Mage spawn is now. When we talk about Mage Knight, there's not a whole lot of pieces that we're gonna that really you have to watch out for. Yeah. But I will say that the Mage spawn pieces are pieces that I feel have good synergy with main set yes. pieces because their team ability is really good and it will work off of really well with just about any figure in the game. Um, if you're not familiar with the Mage Spawn team ability, at the beginning of the game you choose basically your boss, your highest point character, and that they are this team's master. When a Mage Spawn figure is within four squares of its master and the master is given a move action, then the Mage Spawn pieces get to do a move action as, as a free action. And that is not a like the drones. When you move the drones, they take negative two. These dudes don't take negative anything. That's a full eight square if you're talking about Xeraxis. Now, Zaraxxus, he's from the starter set of Mage Knight. We have already seen him place well in an ROC tournament. And uh, he, I think he was on the... Yeah, he was on the same team as a uh, Lizard and Alyosha Craven team, that already has a lot of free movement. Mm-hmm. And then you throw these dudes on top of that. So now every time that Lizard moves for free, Zaraxxus moves for free. So now you have a Craven that moves. Craven moves Lizard. That triggers Lizard's Lizard Zaraxxus. and Zaraxxus. And yeah. it's just your whole team is moving around. So... Look at uh, Mage Knight. Look at the Mage Spawn team ability. Honestly, if you go through all of them, they all are not bad for their points, and they all bring something a little different to the table. One of them has Poison and Stealth and Smoke Cloud, Exploit Weakness. Um, The Skeleton moves, and he'll bring his own Stealth around with him, and he has Exploit Weakness and Mid-Dial Invincible. Which might be sick, and you can do some cool stuff with that. Yeah, Yeah, because a lot of people use Stealth characters to block line of fire to characters behind him. I mean, that's amazing. So look at the... Click on the Mage Spawn team ability. Go through the different Mage Spawns and see if there are any that really, really would work well with your team. And just take them into consideration. Um, a couple of Mage Knight pieces I wanted to bring up because I've had personal really good success with them and we know that they're good for their points and we've talked about them on the cast before especially with hammers is Cavalier Free Blood or sorry not Cavalier Free Blood uh, Gasolite Sword Brother who is just um, who has Flurry and Force Blast and between the Flurry attacks he can do sidestep immediately before using this second attack and he ignores characters on that I just realized though that does that means that technically he's he doesn't have to worry about force blasting an opponent like right. out of where he can't exactly. just sidestep up to him again. Yeah, exactly. If he wanted to hit you and say he hits you hits you for two, knocks you away from him into a wall, then he can sidestep right back up to you, punch you again into the wall. Or if I want to hit you and then KO you and then I'm like, Oh shit, I just wasted the second attack of my flurry. Nope, I can hop over and punch somebody else. Um, the dude is really good for his points. He's only 45. He has a good team ability. He has super senses, and he yes. has empower. Is that soldier? If you push him. Yes, and he has a soldier and martial artist keywords, which are both really good. Huh. I've played him on a soldier team before. He was very, very good, especially with the hammers. And with him, I also played another cheap little um, 40 to 50-point character. Let's see if I can find it here. Uh, Sandris and Winsman. Oh, this is also another good figure. I recommend pushing it onto its second click, where it has Flurry, Force Blast, and Precision Strike. 
when you give that thing a hammer with charge, flurry, and precision strike, it's not for forty points. Not, it's not nice. It is not. And this guy also has a soldier keyword. So if you're running soldiers, take those guys in consideration. Gaslight Swords Brother and Sandress and Winsman. Both of them good figures, cheap to pick up, and cheap to put on your team. Now I'm going to let Austin talk about a couple of Bioshock. The, I feel these two Bioshock pieces, especially the Commandant, honestly, yeah, I love can have some oh good gosh. synergy in some main piece. It's a main team. So when we did the whole Gen Con podcast, I talked about these Commandants left and right. I ran them in both the video game and I ran them in another event. I can't remember what it was, though. Um, oh, I ran them at a dugout event before that. Um, the Commandants are 50 points. They have the Founders the founders TA, which is... A, a great TA, but it's uncopyable. Yeah. It's the one where, uh, at the beginning of your turn, you choose an opposing character within line of fire. Any ca- uh, f- Within a line of fire of any character that can use this team ability. All friendly characters using this team ability modify their attack plus one when attacking the character chosen this turn. It's uncopyable. So, at least you're kind of pushing them up to a 10 um, when you're focus firing. But they're a 50-point... Um, they're a 50 point enhancer to begin with with that with 5 range um, what makes them really good is their trait and their attack ability um, their trait is commandants and adjacent friendly characters ignore the effects of hindering terrain on line of fire Jeez. gee hunter I told you that there was a really a reason I really loved that Killian because he enabled ranged teams from being shut down oh what's this little 50 point figure do that and enhancement um, and their attack ability is really good too when commandant makes an attack roll if either the dice rolled is a 6 after X resolve, an adjacent friendly character that shares a keyword with Commandant may make a ranged Soldier. combat attack. I know, right? <laughs> Makes a ra- may make a ranged combat attack against the same target as a free action. So you have these guys enhanced ball. Your main guy's already shot this turn, or he's double tokened, or whatever. Well, you might as well throw some shots down range. If you roll a six, which is a one in six on each die you roll, so a thirty-three percent chance that yeah. one of them is going to be a six, and it doesn't have to hit either. It's yeah. just you just, just got to roll, roll six. six. You can shoot on a colossal and miss him. As long as you roll a six, now your big dude gets a shoot, yeah. and you're enhancing him. And then if you have characters that have precision strike or something like that, um, the fact that it's just an attack doesn't really matter. You're you can't be reduced below one. Play these guys with Gizmo, giving everybody precision strike, and then all your dudes are just getting like all these little dudes are getting shots through. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, I love this figure. The one thing I will note though that it. The one thing I will note, though, um, a lot of the first edition runs of these guys have a misprint on their dial. Um, their first, fourth, and fifth clicks do have the special power. This didn't actually show up on the run. Um, I, pl- I misplayed them the first time I played them. I noticed the attack power never came up and had to go online and find that out. But uh, 50 points for this soldier. I mean, like, I don't know why we haven't seen more of these bastards. The key things being the trait that lets friendlies, adjacents ignore the hindering, and the fact that you enhance them, and then you give them a possibility of getting extra shots, is what makes them really good. And then we got Slate, who we've also talked about before on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Um, Slate can use Barrier, and when he does, um, he can use Pulse Wave as a free action as if he occupied the same square as one of the place markers. He has a six range barrier, so six squares out, he puts a barrier token, he draws his barriers back, or whatever, he blocks off allies with them, whatever he wants to do, because blocking terrain blocks Pulse Wave. So you can cut off an opponent very easily from the rest of your team and single Pulse Wave just them. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, he's such a good figure. Um, for 75 points, 
Then he has a trait where if someone dies, he teleports to them, and he's got traded poison on top, or he teleports to where they were. Um, as if a friendly dies, I should say. Um, he and it's immediate, so as soon as they die, he's placed in the square. Um, I don't think there's too many cases where it would come up, but that does mean if someone moves after attacking, after actions resolve, he would replace the character, then they would have to break away or whatever. Uh, but tr- the poison traded on top of that, he's an 18 willpower on his top dial. Um, for 75 points, it's really hard pressed to find something that he doesn't do. I mean, like, he's soldier, he's. Uh, is it monster? Yep. Monster keyword. Just oh, you haven't played the game. Throwing so out know. throwing out a six range barrier and then pulse waving out of it is freaking retarded. It's an effective 13 and, range. Well, it also lets you effectively see up onto elevated and hit people you typically couldn't. Yeah. If you're hiding a couple squares away from the rim so that yeah. you can stay hidden, and then I throw a barrier up on the rim and then pulse wave from it, I just basically smoky foot capped your ass without I having played, to. I uh, played the Bioshock map that was the stage and did that all day. Yeah, you did it to me. Like, I just yeah, buried up there. When... And th- well, another thing I like about this dude is when you hit him, he goes on to good clicks. Like, you, okay, you're you're throwing out barrier long range and you're pulsing them as they move in on you. Mm-hmm. Then they finally move in and they hit you and they always knock you onto charge blades. Like, every single time. You had to hit him for seven to kill him. And if you don't, his last click even is a 11 attack blades. So he's going to go out swinging. With exploit. No, not on his last clicks. Uh, but he has exploit on his pulse wave clicks. But freaking an 11 attack blades going out on his last three clicks, a 10 and 11, 11. He's really good. He's only 75 points. Really cool ability. Uh, barrier is useful for numerous reasons. Hell, run him with your... If Even if you're running like a team where you're like a Pharaoh or a Phantom X team where you're keeping all your guys hidden, when they run up and they're trying to work on busting down your barriers... Get into pulse wave then while you're putting up your barriers is going to be nuts. I like this dude quite a bit, and I think you should at least give him a consideration, especially if you're running soldiers. Dominator Monk is a pog, another one from the Mage Knight set that we've already seen on a team in ROC that plays top 16. Um, he's the better. He's not amazing on the level of Worker Spider, but he is at least worth giving a look. For only 12 points, he gives you flurry. And he also has reflexes, so he's a halfway decent tie-up. Main thing being Flurry, though. Um, Bard the Bowman I wanted to talk about because he is basically Paladin and uh, Malekith, but cheaper and a better version. He doesn't, although, you know, as far as just the attack, that specific power. Um, We're talking about 009 Desolation of Smog Bard Bowman. And his attack power uncanny aim, when he makes a ranged combat attack against a single character, the target can't use defense powers during the attack. That's better than Malekith and Paladin because Malekith and Paladin have to hit first, which also gives you a chance to evade. So they can use super senses against Bard, but or against uh, Malekith and Paladin, but against Bard they don't get it because as soon as you basically declare the attack... They can no longer use defense powers. And see, and what I love about this bastard is uh, the way it's all worded and everything, um, this stops Brainiac. Because it doesn't ignore it, it doesn't counter it, they just can't use it. Like, it skips right through Brainiac, stop clicks, um, it'll skip through uh, Absorbing Man. A lot of people stop clicks. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, this is amazing. Like, this is a piece that I would run in any... I'd run Perplexers Enhancers with. I mean, you're talking about what is that a... You could do, potentially, with three perps or enhances... 
five damage with zero potential for defense, passing through all stop clicks, everything. I mean, for an 83-point piece or whatever, that with seven range double bolt, that's monstrous. And sharpshooter as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, his values are mediocre, but that attack power is so good that it warrants you at least looking at it considering him. But even mediocre, if, but not for eighty-three points. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, even then, you're talking about a piece that it it gets you where you need. That you kind of use him to pick through certain pieces, which is what's great about him for being so cheap. I know Drew would want to talk about Mister Raiden Marsh. Now, this piece is expensive in a three hundred point setting, but, but he brings a whole lot to the table. A whole lot. Okay, he brings the PAC to the table. <laughs> Raiden Mars is the chase for Mage Knight. And if you haven't looked at this guy, he's kind of insane. Um, he's great with resources. He's got improved targeting, ignores friendlies. So, you know. He, hides behind your dudes. Hides behind your dudes. And shoots. Meanwhile, having an 8 range. He also has sharpshooters, so he ignores opposing. So he, he ignores, ignores effectively characters. all characters. He ignores all, all characters. Um, he's got an epic action, but that's not going to be really what you're looking at. It basically, you can't re-roll a die and no attack can be evaded. Which is actually pretty good if you're playing in high point games. Yeah. But for a 175 point character on your 300 point team, He's not gonna you're not going to use him for that. What you do want him for is his attack ability, or his trait. He can use Empower, Enhancement, Outwit, Perplex, and Prob Control. <laughs> At the end of your turn, roll a d6 and on a result of 1 or 2, do not re- remove action tokens from him this turn. So basically, after you... Uh, after you attack, when you get, he's got Indom, he's got eight range, he's got sharpshooter, as Hunter said, twelve attack. He's got and he's got carry with uh, flying. He's got a twelve attack, seventeen uh, invincible, and four damage. He's got all these abilities, so and he's just sick. And then he's got this ability mana chain. He can use Pinsai. Each time he hits with a ranged combat attack, and the attack roll is doubles. He may be given a range to combat action as a free action counting range and line of fire from a square occupied by the hit target. So he's he's Electro, but better. Yeah. Because Electro... Because he's invisible. A, can't shoot as far. Yeah. B, doesn't ignore every freaking character on the map. And C, doesn't get to do an action when he does it. This guy, Raiden, and, can psychic blast on both of those. And now Electro takes minus one for each attack, so... Right. Well, this guy will, too, on the second one. Yeah. But it's all that... And then you have the trade on top of it. Yeah. And then you have Empower, Enhancement, Outwit, Perplex, and Prop Control. None of which can be outwitted because it's a trait. Yep. And if you're already shooting, then you don't give a damn that you're not removing action tokens from exactly. it. Gee, Hunter, what's his one downfall? The lack of moving attack? Oh, that oh, can be solved. That? What's that? We have a whole resource that does nothing but add moving attack. And then even when you um, get through his invincible clicks, he gets Pulse Wave. Yep. For four straight <laughs> clicks. So running shot and pulse wave with, with three damage, and then he's got three final clicks of region with pretty decent uh, defense values, I, and he has phasing on top of that. So we've already talked about phasing region as a good combo. That's basically the only time I'll ever use region personally. Yeah, <laughs> because you I can don't break away. I don't like region a whole lot myself. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Again, are we saying he's a must play piece? No. no. Is he somebody you should take into consideration and check out? He also has good keywords with Mystical and Warrior. What's his team ability do? Phoenix Concord is one of the okay ones. Once per turn, when a power or ability of a character using this TA or adjacent friendly character doesn't have to have specifically the TA, 
Would be counter roll a d6. You roll five to six. It can't be countered. Oh, what's so he's that? also he's got society built in. Yeah, so he has built-in society for himself or friends and an adjacent one. So it's pretty nasty. Dude's pretty cool. Does that stack the society? So if an adjacent society person was being outwitted and you failed the society roll, could you do that? Yeah, I don't see why not. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Raiden Mars now. You guys have converted. I don't talk about Saruman, even though Austin shit on him the other day. Why would you? Like... I played him at Gen Con in three tournaments, and he he's good. Don't get. I'm not saying he's not. You just don't know how to use him. He's sick, nasty. He's... If you take over a big tanky piece, yes. But if your opponent doesn't have that 200 point piece to take, he. Eh, I, I don't think he had. No, here, here, here's why. Okay, we've explained this to me like four times. Fellowship of the Ring, zero twenty-eight Saruman, one hundred thirty points. Is he absolute must play? No. Do you need to know what he does in case you face one? Yes. Hell yes. yes, you need to know what he does because you. And I agree with that one. He will take you by surprise. He has a, a epic action that you're not really going to care about. Well, actually, it can it's be. Actually it not can bad. be pretty useful. I'll, I, I failed it every time. It was it's at least of, worth mentioning. Yeah, um, this actually did be really good at Gen Con. Although in three hundred points, you're not going to use epic actions. But if you're playing a higher point game, give them an epic action. Choose up to one opposing character per two hundred points. That's marked with an action token and roll a d six. That can't be rerolled. If you roll a four to six, deal each of the chosen characters one penetrating damage. So in certain situations, that could be useful. Such so as if they have, like, plus three on their defense from perplexes or something crazy. Yeah. If it's a problem you're having, uh, a piece you're having trouble with getting damage through, that's a very that's a pretty easy way of getting damage through on them. Now, reason this dude is really sick is because of his movement and his defense powers. Mind control is if he had a range of ten. When he does, he ignores elevated and blocking on line of fire. So what you do is, is he's very map-dependent. He has mystical keyword though, so you can, you should be able to easily make a really good theme team around him and have a good chance of getting map. If you can get the right map with taking advantage of that elevated and blocking terrain, the dude can stay out of the battle and have a freaking ten range ignoring, hindering it or elevated and blocking, and nobody will get around to him to even touch him. Meanwhile, he's mind controlling everybody from everywhere. Ten range? Are you kidding me? 10 range is not a good idea to give to any piece these days. Um, he also has a defense power. While he has no dampeners or ways to dodge, it gives him outwit and prob on top of the shape change that he has on his dial. Now, the outwit and prob, he will not have the 10 range ignoring, uh, block ignoring blocking. Just. So on that, you could either, if you're staying away and, and saying what I'm doing, taking big advantage of the terrain then you could just use it for your own prop control. If you're in the fray of the fight, then that's that's an outwit and a prop control on top of everything else you have. I like him a lot. Mainly he's here because of the chance that your opponent does play him. You need to know what the hell that he does so that you don't get taken by surprise and have your freaking 300-point character destroy the rest of your team or 200-some point character destroy the rest of your All of a sudden, teams. your King Hyperion's killing your own figures without getting bonuses. Yeah. Speaking of figures, that might take you from surprise. Yeah, Orc Archer is another uh, piece I, I I've really like. I've played them like five times. I never get tired of these bastards. Here's the thing with these dudes, and I'll explain why I would love to play these guys in a ROC format. I've played these guys a lot in Lord of the Rings. Their, their big downfall is their running shot rarely matches up with their enhancement and their move. Actually, it never does. The, the running shot and the special attack power and the enhancement never on the same click. Giving them a, And they have mediocre attack. 
giving them a hammer. Oh my gosh. Gives you running shot, top dial, and an 11 attack now. We're talking about Fellowship of the Ring 020 Orc Archers. Seven range and a special attack ability, which is really what makes them so great. Orc Archer ignores hindering and elevated terrain for line of fire purpose when adjacent to a friendly with which he shares a keyword, which he has monster, soldier, forces are on an orc, and which has a range of five or greater. Now all you need is two of these guys next to each other. They hit those requirements and they enhance each other. So now that you have eleven three. So now for eighty points, if you give them each a hammer, for eighty points you have two people who are shooting with an eleven attack, ignoring hindering and elevated, so shooting through stealth and shooting people who can't shoot back, and enhancing each other to go up to a three damage. And they only get better the more you add to it. I really would love to try these guys with Book of the Skull. Now this is another piece that you need to be aware of because if your opponent has them and you don't pay attention with a good map, they can torch you with these Especially, dudes. like, Weathertop from the Lord oh of the Rings Weathertop, I had good That's also a really And good there's though. the uh, other one from... I can't remember what it is. It's got, like, four... Minas Truth. Yeah. Where it has the big towers at the top that are, like, impossible to hit anyone And there's on. one map from, I think, it's a Marvel map. It's got, like... It's kind of like Weathertop, actually. It's got a big thing in the center, and it's got blocking... The new AVX one? Yeah. The white... It's got a lot of snow on it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, they They'd be, be sick, sick on that. Jormendir, too. Or, uh, them, yeah. and, them and Saruman would be sick. Um, Austin, you want to talk about Halder? Uh, we've talked about Halder quite a bit. Yep. Um, for 60 points. Um, we'll, we'll ignore his epic action for this, because, once again, this is Rock Age. Um, personally, I've talked about enhanced ball characters many, many times and how much I love them. But I've also talked about how much I love ranged teams and characters adjacent. Um, ones that give bonuses to adjacent ranged pieces are always good. Haldir's thing is a little ridiculous. He has a 7 leap climb, so he gets where you need him. A 17 defend. He has a special attack power. Damage dealt by ranged combat attacks made by friendly characters adjacent to him can't be reduced to it by less than 1. And he's got Soldier for 60 points, and 8 range, and Enhancement. And 17 uh, defend. Yeah. So uh, this bastard, uh, what I would run him with is pretty much, you think about like your standard range pieces. Um, Typically, if you don't have enough Pensai on your team, it's really hard to get through opponents um, that have a lot of Imperv and stuff like that on their team. Even if they hit their Imperv, you're guaranteed 1 damage. Which might not seem like much... But a lot of those big, expensive 250-point figures and all that drop one attack, one damage instantly as soon as they take one damage. And that's the difference between you taking a 7-exploit hit to the face and a 6-exploit hit. Or making them lose exploit. You yeah. Know, losing good powers and going on or to knocking off. Stuff. There's some pieces knock off moving attack. A yeah. lot of pieces do. I mean, like, it's just one of those... It's basically precision strike except without the evasion clause. And that that's amazing. We've talked about running Gizmo just to give people precision strike. I mean, imagine running this guy just to give adjacent friendly characters plus one damage and and pseudo precision strike. The, the only bad thing, and the reason I almost took him off the list, is because his epic action is very good and is part of what makes him really sick. Um, once per game, give him an epic action. Choose up to one friendly per 200 points. During your turn, you may give each chosen character a power action to make two ranged combat attacks as free actions. Mind you, he's enhancing them for this as well. And they're also getting plus, or they can't be reduced below one. And it's worded so that you can also choose Howder to do that if you need be. So it gives you options. 
he does lose a bit by not being able to use his epic action. However, he's still a pretty good overall piece. Merkwood Elf Warrior I wanted to put on here because I haven't played these guys yet. I just got a few of them. But for 25 points... Yeah, I've seen them. They're they have 7 range for 25 points. They have... Now, granted, they don't have much damage to dish out. But with the help of a Howder or something, that lets them get through uh, a guaranteed 1 damage. Screw that, Hunter. There are 25.3 clicks of Blades, Combat Reflexes, Sidestep, son of a Exactly. Bitch. So they have Sidestep, Blades, and Reflexes on their first 2 clicks. And again, only 25 points. Now, in these days, the day and age of really good horde tokens, you may opt to go for horde tokens, you know, on some of these. But they do have the warrior keyword, and they can. So, yeah. I I like these guys. I I at least think they're good consideration, especially they're on, good filler. They're good for Doug. I mean, warrior works with Doug's army too. They could be. Oh, ma- I didn't even think about that. That'd be really good. They could them. be mastermind fodder for Doug's army. Um, Doug's army also lacks a lot of range, which they provide again seven damage or seven range with sidestep on it on top of that. So, good piece to at least consider. Brago, we talked about Dear before. God, I can't even. Brago's really cool. I almost <laughs> played him Wednesday until I figured out that uh, we weren't allowed to. 25 points, phasing and carry. This is a, a bystander token from two towers. He's phasing and carry 25 points. And he has toughness, but then whenever he takes damage, instead of dying and removed from the game like a typical horde token, he flips over to his second dial, which is an 18 defend with carry. And here's the deal. It doesn't matter how much damage he took. So if they want to go ahead and hit him for 5, 6, whatever, it's not going to matter. He's going to flip and take 1 damage. And then the last piece we want to talk about today... Now, this is the one I'm interested in because I want to know... Okay. The reason he's on here is because he placed very well in an ROC tournament. Yeah, which is shocking. And he's a very board control piece. And this is uh, Iron Maiden 002 Phantom of the Opera. He's a very finesse piece, but he's a very good piece. First of all, he has stealth. And he has a special attack power. He can use Pulse Wave... When he does, after actions resolve, each character 75 points or less is given an action token. So it's a pseudo-hobgoblin. Correct. Then, the next clicks, you have, again, keeps the stealth, gets in cap to slow the people down again. You know, the whole his whole dial, he has ways of giving people tokens, except last click. His whole dial, he has ways of giving people tokens. And then he has a damage power on top of that. He gets out wit, only targeting an opposing character within five squares... A character that has a power countered by his outwit can't be given a non-free action if it has Ooh. one action token. So you, what's that mock that has one token you have? But to it has to be within four squares. Yeah, he does that, but to a character within five squares, as, as long as, as they already have one. Yeah, that's really good for seventy-five points. Yeah, he do, he does a lot, and again, he's not a simple point and shoot piece, but he's a pretty dang good piece. But here's the deal: what makes mock? Uh, mock, they have to be less points, and he's like two hundred and forty. Yeah, he's this guy's seventy five. You could use that on a team base that doesn't have the that has the ability to be countered, and you could lock down that team base. Um, again, in cap, he he has ways of giving tokens his whole thing, his whole dial. Then he has the outwit on top of the special outwit on top of that, and then whenever he gets low dial, he has a region and toughness, and his region is a minimum one. So I like the which dude. if he heals one. On the next to last click, he ends up back on Pulse Wave and the Outwit. So I like the guy. He's really uh, he's already proven himself to be a good piece by placing top 16 in an ROC and blowing everybody's minds because many people, including myself, didn't even know he existed. So 
hopefully that gives you guys who have been asking for Rock Age suggestions some some ideas of some pieces to at least look at. And again, even if you're not going to play any of these guys, at least flip through these, see what they do. That way, if they get placed across from you, uh, you know what's coming. In a game like this, knowledge is power. Absolutely. Um, let's move into some community. This week's question was, do you have a favorite Heroclix map? And of course, if so, what is it? <laughs> we already know Austin's. Can't run with that. Anyway. <laughs> Drew, what would you say is your favorite match? The map? I don't know, man. It's rough. I mean, I really like the park we used to play on all the time from Grid Reality. Mm-hmm. That is a good... Grid Reality makes some really good maps, guys, by the way, if you're can, ever... Can we ban all our listeners who said Bridge? No, we Just, can't. Bridge is an amazing map. I hate Bridge. I'm tired I of playing Bridge. Bridge. Bridge is a pretty great map. Um, uh, if you're playing a ranged team, the one castle map is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> oh, the... Um, What's that? For? Chaos it's from War. the Fast Forces. Okay, yeah, the Chaos War Fast Forces. I've had to play on that map a lot too. That one's really. Um, speaking of maps, Saruman's really good on. Go yeah. up to the third level on that uh, elevated, and you can sit one inside the rim and ignore the. My elevated. fondest memories of raging are playing against Chaos War Hawkeye on that map yeah. and just crying myself <laughs> well, to what's sleep that? at night. He's gonna go ahead and shoot from the rim and then get TK'd back. Smoky Foot it. Cap oh. on that map. Smoky Foot Cap on any map. I, have, I have played Smoky Foot Cap on that map. It's not even fun. It's, it's not even enjoyable. It's ridiculous. Uh, Smith, what would you say? I don't know. The ma- The bridge is up there for me. Um, Bizarro World's fun. It is, but it's it's very frustrating it's, if you're not playing the right team. Yeah, so it's a it's very Yeah, it's very countery. Or or very um, focused. I like the FI Month Six map. That is uh, the uh, cultist hangout kind of thing with the big serpent icon in the middle. Oh, yeah. the serpent. Yeah, it's got like four, the serpent's den or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, it's serpent. It's got like four rooms in the corner. In the middle yeah. has a little bit of walls. I think mine most definitely has to be. Um, oh shit! What is the map called that I play all the time? That has water across the very middle. Oh, it's just a park. I can't remember. No, no, no. It's from it's from Infinity Gauntlet. It's Soul World. Oh yeah. Soul World I've played the most out of any map and I love it. It's got a it's got a good mix of everything. It has elevated, has water, has blocking, has hindering. It's outdoors. Um it's spaced out pretty well and you know all of the map is usable and I don't know. I it's just one of those things where you get so used to a map and you get so you yeah. master it so well that you do better. You know, if I'll tell, you, I'll say this: if I somehow play a team that doesn't necessarily need a specific map to do well, I always go with Soul World just because I love it so much. It's really pretty. It's really fun. Has a good mix of everything, and I play it all the freaking time. Um, our listeners, of course, there's a pretty good mix. Um, Death to the bridge. Couple Krakoas, a couple bridges. Um, a couple bell towers actually. More bell towers, bell tower. Bell tower. Well, I really like bell tower. And um, uh, Doctor Strange Mansion is a, the flip side. Ah, yeah, it's, it's a pretty fun map too. Yeah, I've had some of my best games on Doctor Strange. I Mansion. almost won Gen Con Halo event on that map. <laughs> Doctor Strange's Mansion. What's that street map I played against you at um, Gen Con on, at the Halo event? I don't know what that map is. Um, you moved up and I grenaded you and I was <laughs> Streets of Gotham, uh, Fast Forces one? That might be it. Basically, there's a smaller building in one corner, a very large building that you can get inside on the other side. 
And you're up on the rooftop on a building in this corner, and there's just a big road right through the middle of it. SOG, uh, Birds yeah. of Prey Festival. Yeah, that's what I thought of. Another favorite is the uh, the ship map, because I played Austin's hooker team on it. Oh, that's the, that's the like, <laughs> oh, shanty town. Mad, with the... Mad report. And you can yeah. make jokes about taking people behind the Brass Monkey Saloon. <laughs> it's a great map. It is. A, I love that map, too. Well, next week's main topic is actually going to be maps, so we'll get plenty of map talk in next week. I got your map right here, but... <laughs> We're gonna let's do some feature dials because we haven't talked about dial design a whole lot lately, and we need to give our dial design participants some love. So let's talk about our feature dials. Uh, the one for week one was um, actually our friend uh, Ricky from uh, uh, who's been on the podcast a couple times. His uh, he's been in the dial design contest for a few months now and has never had the top scoring dial in a week, but he did have it the first week of this month. Uh, competition and the assignment was what was the the one I assigned Make for week ATA. one? Oh yeah, no no no, that was oh, that the, was a, yeah. Oh yeah, see. it was the ATA. My bad. No ATA was this week. You had a oh mystical. No, it was uh no mystical was the second week. ATA was uh, Drews and minion was before and that, wasn't it? Mine was minion. So week one, the assignment was create a character that has a minion power. And Ricky went with the Goblin Knight, which a lot of people probably aren't familiar with yet because it's uh, a character that's getting a lot of love right now in Superior Spider-Man, specifically this past week's um, issue. And the Goblin Knight is kind of a sidekick of the Green Goblin. You don't exactly know the identity of the the Goblin Knight yet, or even of the Green Goblin for that matter. Even Wait, though didn't people they give him his identity like right at the end of one of the issues. People assume it's Norman Osborn. No, uh, go- oh, oh, you, you mean, mean Goblin, the Green- Knight. Goblin Knight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant who Goblin Knight was. Um, like- Ricky's dial is a hundred and twenty-five point six range double bolt. Improved movement ignores characters, of course, because it's on a glider. Although it doesn't have the uh, flight symbol. And it has a traded ignores other characters' shape change and super senses. So it's good against Spider-Man. It also has another trait, the Knight's Glider. He can use the flight ability, so he can't carry people, but he can fly, you know, in terrain and everything. And running shot. When the Goblin Knight is hit by an attack... After action to resolve, roll a d6. If the roll is a 1 to 4, he may no longer use the flight ability or running shot. So he gets knocked off his glider, which was really cool. I really thought yeah. that was really clever. Um, <clears throat> he has stealth for a lot of his dial. He has a special pumpkin bomb power where you give him a ranged combat action and choose a target square within range and line of fire, ignoring characters for line of fire purposes. So it's a grenade pumpkin bomb that he can chuck over the heads of characters. Make a ranged combat attack targeting all characters occupying or adjacent to the target square, just like a, a, the grenade ability. Deal two penetrating to each hit character. So that's really cool. It's kind of like an energy explosion slash grenade ability, but you can do this while doing running shot, which makes sense because that's what pop goblins do. They're they're moving around on their gliders while tossing pumpkins. Um, has some blades, late dial, has um, invul top dial, and then has a special damage power. When a friendly character named Green Goblin is within eight squares, the Goblin Knight can use Perplex and Willpower. When he uses Perplex, he can only target himself or friendly characters named Green Goblin. So that's his minion power to hit the stipulation for that week's assignment. It's got a cool little ATA at the bottom. The ATA, he threw in an ATA. He didn't have to. Um, goblin Gang characters using this TA can use Super Strength, but only for light objects. 
So I, I thought this dog was really cool. Um, there was a couple other ones that were very close to taking top first, excuse me, first place as well. I think it was the glider. Um, the glider was really unique. Um, I really like just um, the pumpkin bombs were really cool. I really like that. Um, but I think the thing I like most is that really this is an anti-Spider-Man. He's 120. Picture him pitted against 125 AVX Spider-Man. Like that matchup would be a good matchup because this guy counters some of the stuff he does. But that Spider-Man's also got some stuff that kind of goes against him, too. Yep. So it's a nice back and forth, which really is what you kind of ask for out of an arch nemesis kind of situation. Um, weeks two, week two's uh, special uh, feature dial was from uh, Renocon, who's actually won one of our very first uh, dial design contests. And he made a Dr. Fate. Now, there was another dial that scored, uh, I think it was just as high. So it was hard to pick a, a dial to do a feature dial on this week for this, but uh, we chose Dr. Fate, and I really liked this Dr. Fate because he also included a special little helm um, idea that works with the Dr. Fate. He has Justice Society and Mystics team abilities, 7 range, and then a 200 point and a 100 point option. Now at 200 points, he gets to use a special trait. He can modify his all his values by plus 1, Andy gets quintessence. And at the beginning of your turn, you give Dr. Fate a free action to turn the helm dial to any click. Dr. Fate may use the power shown. It starts off with phasing, then mind control, then stealth, then precision strike, then psychic blast, then in cap, then energy shield, then barrier, then regen, then outwit, then shape change, then support. See, it's not like the thing is, the powers that are shown aren't like super ridiculous for a 200 point character to pick from either, is the Correct. thing. It's kind of like a limited pickup power. And the um, what I really liked about this and what I really appreciated about this dial is that it, it's pretty difficult to, to pull off a, a figure where it's a 100-point dial without a trait and a, a specific trait makes it worth an extra 100 points. And I feel like he accomplished that. Because yeah, it's if you, balanced really well. Yeah, it's too. extremely well balanced. At 100 points, he never has movement attack. He has some sidestep, though. And he has TK improv and impervious, so he's he's a little of a fun. If you play him at 100 points, he's worth playing. If you look at his dot, <laughs> yeah, he it's kind of funny because like looking at him, I imagine sidesteps kind of how Doctor Fate would work too, because he just kind of like glides like to one side and just like shoots as he's going. He's not like the kind of person who's like flying really fast and shooting beams while he's do it, doing it. It's just um, I really like the trait, the enhancement that only on mystical. Like sometimes people go really overboard with their abilities. But sometimes it's the cool restrictions that really make them interesting. Um, I completely agree. I, I appreciate more when these dials look more like actual figures that would be made than when you just make a figure and you superpower it and give it every little ability that you possibly could give it. Like I appreciate more these really well done and really well balanced dials more than I do the super overpowered oh my god that thing would be ridiculous I Agreed. want this style yeah, like, this is I literally could, one I really wish was getting printed and I'm disappointed in Renacon for making one I actually want I could I could agree <laughs> this I could see this being because now I'm sad we don't have a Dr. Fate like this <laughs> yeah I yeah. love Dr. Fate and he's somebody who's gonna get clicks again eventually uh, pretty soon I really hope we get one in Slosh that might be wishful thinking, but it is a possibility. And I think they might wait another year just because of the con wasn't that long ago. 
and they try to make those characters. Well, Venom. But Venom was the same year that yeah. Doctor Fate came out, and Venom is just now coming out in May. Some so slosh is a possibility. There is a possibility. And depending on what the next DC set is this year, I mean, like, and then Martian Manhunter was from that year, wasn't he? There's a possibility we could see all three of these characters. Oh, God. I'm no, sure we'll definitely see Marshall. In Drew's word, I would just cream my pants. Cream my pants. <laughs> um, week three's dial design assignment was build as a figure that also features an ATA that does not exist already in the game of Fear Clicks. So the keyword specifically has to be a, a, a keyword that doesn't have an ATA yet. Surprising amount that don't exist. So next week, oh, yeah. we will be talking about the feature dial for that. People still have a few minutes to submit dials for that, and we don't have the scores yet. So next week, we will spoil the what we think is our favorite dial from that from this current week. Um, a YouTube announcement. I have another rules explanation video up for Hope Summers. This was a really fun uh, character to cover. And um, just basically going over what powers she can and cannot copy. Um, exactly how it works ruling-wise and wording-wise so that when you combine it in a game with uh, other powers, you'll kind of be able to figure out how it works. Um, and then talking about um, what's good again, like how to kind of stop it too. I almost played her with Ancient One this week just because of his power set's a great one to copy because he has the uh, leadership um, and then he has the... Uh, uh, opponent must re- or has to re-roll die. And you actually ran into a fun rules thing with that with Krakoa, didn't you, this week? Yes, and I meant to look that up and I totally forgot. Um, but Hope Summers is up. We had, That's cool. We have a lot of rules <laughs> explanation video. I have three. Is that my third one? Yeah. There's M- T- M10 Absorbing Man in that one. There's three up. Um, I have some other ones planned. And again, if you if you have a... I've had the um, I've had the Phoenix Force uh, resource uh, uh, requested. I'll definitely do that. Really I, looking forward I to do want to wait though until I have a chance to really play it and really get to, you know, really understand it before I do a video on it. But I will definitely do a video on that. Can I take part in that video? For request. If you're here. I would like to. That would be a fun one. Um, Facebook. We had a question on our Facebook this week. Or actually last week, but we didn't have time to get to it. I apologize. Benjamin Garrett. Uh, it has quite a long one, so I might sum it up a little bit. You know, he's saying he played in a league game, a very competitive 300-point modern tournament, and his opponent got map choice. He chose a very old map from Brightest Day. And there was a section of the map that allowed you and... Well, first of all, let me yeah, just say, if it's modern age, he couldn't have, he really shouldn't have been able to play a Brightest Day map. Seriously? That's the first thing triggers in my head, but anyway. Um, and there was a section of the map that allowed you and friendlies to ignore hindering for line of fire if their character could not if in there the character could not make ranged attacks he moved phantom X. okay so i guess he's saying when you're inside of the area you can ignore it hindering for line of fire but you can't make ranged attacks so i guess for i guess for outwits and perplexes and prop control you know all that stuff you could yeah and i'm gonna pull the map up while we're we're talking about this. I've never heard of that map. All I of a sudden, my interest is peaked. I have never heard about it either, so we'll see. Um, he says, and also, I'll let you work on trying to find the map while I talk about it. All right. Um, a little later, I realized... Oh, sorry. I skipped a point. So, uh, he moved Phantom X into it and started firing through Eva, turn two, and killed my dead shot. A little later, I realized he couldn't have done that. I pointed it out to him, and we continued playing. I didn't call it cheating. I didn't call the judge. I just let it go because I had no clue really how to handle the situation. After a very difficult grind, I 
almost pulled out a win, but I just uh, but something tells me that I absolutely would have won had I said something otherwise. How should I have reacted, and how should I have treated the situation? Was it my fault that I didn't catch him on the shots, or could something have been done otherwise? How would you have handled the situation? I want to say, my first rule of thumb, and this happened to me Wednesday a lot, if you ever doubt anything, never feel, never be afraid to call a judge over to clarify something. Um, we've Wednesday I had this come up so many times, like little rule things that I wanted to make sure, even though it was something that would be in my favor, I wanted to make sure the judge could clarify I was doing it right, or if my opponent had something, I wanted to know what was going on. So if you think your opponent, if your opponent's playing a map that has a weird rule on it or whatever, and you don't understand it, never be afraid to call a judge over to clarify and explain it to you. Because then not only do you make sure your opponent's playing it right, and not playing it to their advantage by playing it wrong, um, you also make sure that you're understanding what's going on entirely from someone who knows enough about the game to explain it. Um, The... It's just, it's one of those things that... I, I will say that um, I no, we can't we're, we we have the map pulled up but we can't read how the orange terrain works. But um, I'll say as far as your question about was it my fault that I didn't catch him um, or could something have been done otherwise? Considering that this is not an official WizKid sanctioned event that we're talking about, and this is just kind of a home game. Really, it's all judge to judge. That's one good and bad thing about Heroclix is that everything is left up to judges' discretion. Mm-hmm. That includes the rules. I mean, I could say that at my venue that All Out Wit has a minimum range of 12, and that's how we would have to play. I would yeah. quit this game. I'm just saying. I would walk out that door. I would burn the shop to the ground. Well, um, I next... kind of a knee-jerk reaction. But... <laughs> <laughs> so I'd make sure Drew's locked in there. There, it really is something that you... you let, let's hold on. You think I'm bad, and he just said he'd kill me if everything had a bit of a rage of 12. He has a little bit of an anger problem. Drew. I know, I'm sorry. Gee, you wonder why. <laughs> Although, Drew, you have a little bit of a... I don't know. I don't know that I'd call it anger. You have some kind of... <laughs> I don't know what you have. You don't want to say he has some kind of problem, do you? No, because then he'll get angry. He's like Hulk. I gotta figure out how to say it. You gotta have some. Finesse what are you trying to say, Hunter? I gotta have some finesse. Yeah, that's what you like. But, but uh, anyways, um, it it really is something. If you if you're really that worried about it, <laughs> if really that worried about it, talk to your personal judge at the venue about it. Um, I will say that you did the fact that you didn't catch it when it occurred is also partially your fault. Um, no, it is because I mean, even say that say that I have mystics and you hit me, Drew, and we don't notice it until three turns later, and you go, or uh, and and I go, oh shoot, you should have taken mystics. I'm not gonna make you, like I can't make you take. I that don't mystics. know. Some people might try and take. Me it's and just as it. much my fault as it is yours. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm supposed to. We both players should be paying attention at all times to what's going on. And if you miss something that would have been in your ad- advantage, it is partially your fault, in my opinion. It It is where, if you would have noticed it, you could have said, hey, you can't do that. And he would have said, oh, crap, my bad, I forgot. I mean, I do that all the time. I oh, tried, yeah. Even today, I tried to do, I don't remember exactly what happened, but there was a couple times where I tried to do something I couldn't do, and I just, did, I, I just didn't notice it. Or he would have picked the map up and set it on fire. 
So, like, <laughs> but then you win, right? It, so it's, it's like, you have to pay attention to what your opponent's doing because they're they'll either purposefully try to do things they can't, or they'll just space it, which is very easy to do, especially like today in twelve hundred point games where you oh have my so, gosh, much stuff going so much stuff. So, it, I do agree. It is something where if if this was me personally and this happened to me, I wouldn't be mad. I would honestly be more mad at myself for again for not noticing it when it happened. And there's really not anything that can be done about it anyways. Even if this was an official sanctioned WizKids event, I think by the time, if the match is over and then you realize it, it's too late. Like, once you sign off on the paper saying that the match, you know, whatever, it's over. It doesn't matter. He could have cheated. He could have had rigged dice, and it doesn't freaking matter. Like, it's over. So, I would just say... I think if, I found the map. If you're really that worried about it, bring it up to your judge. But I personally wouldn't worry about it. I would just say have, you have it be a lesson to you to really pay attention at every moment during the game on each each action, each attack, question what's going on. Okay, what are you going to do? Who exactly are you going to target? Like, get everything ironed out before you know you let each action occur. I do not think it is a brightest day map that he's talking about because neither the monument nor the crater have rules similar to It could be something else. Uh, do, 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 do. And finally, we're going to talk about Nova comics. <laughs> Austin doesn't get to talk. Yeah, Austin does not get to talk about Nova. Because he's been Nova's crapping okay. on it. I haven't been crapping on it. Um, I've just said it's okay. I'm sorry, but uh, my mother told me if you don't have anything nice to say, you shouldn't say anything at all. So I'm just going to... Oh, Drew nailed it right there. How the hell does this apply to you two? Because this whole podcast uh, did you guys not? She before? also added the stipulation yes. that <laughs> you shouldn't say anything nice unless you don't have any. If you don't have anything to say, nice, then don't say it. Unless it's about awesome, yeah, then you can say it. That's my mom knows you. You're bull crap. She's bull like, crap. That was that was ten years. I'm out of this. I'm out of that was before all, she even knew Austin. She was like, one day this guy Austin Smith's gonna exist. Yep. And you can just pick on the little son bitch all you want. Yeah, really just like, hey, actually, <laughs> I think I like it. No, anyways. Uh, Nova from Marvel Now. This is not Richard Ryder. This is uh, Sam Alexander, which is basically used to be called Kid Nova. And this book is really fun. It's really... Um, the creative team is Jeff Loeb, who has done things such as Smallville. He was a writer yeah, on Smallville small. and Lost, which yeah. we love. Love that guy. Long Halloween, one of the best Batman books. Uh, Dark Victory in Year One, also a really good Batman book. Yes. So Jeff Loeb's been on quite a few good books. Um, Ed McGinnis did the art. He did the. Uh, he's done a lot of Cap art here recently. He did the death of Captain America. He's done some uh, Deadpool. He does Vampirella, and he did JLA Classified, which was a series I liked a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I did like the artwork on the series a lot. So, really good creative <laughs> so. team. And uh, the the book is about, it starts off with Sam discovering his dad's heritage of being a Nova. He discovers exactly what it means and, and what really happened with his dad. Because I, we won't get into spoilers, but, um, you know, he, his dad was never around and he never really knew why. And now he discovers why. And his dad is now gone. And so he kind of accidentally becomes Nova. And Gamora and Rocket Raccoon are heavily involved, especially in the first arc. And kind of help guide him on his way, but it, it's I would say what really keeps you interested in it and keeps you in the moments is the art. The art's really good. Yes, it's um it's cartoony without being cartoony, you know. And it's not disproportionate. That's the one thing. Like <laughs> usually, like a lot of these, I 
<laughs> a lot of a lot of comics, of course, have the typical comic proportions, but really they they keep pretty grounded in realism while still keeping a cartoony style. Yeah, and like when he faces off against these big uh, villains, like they're mm-hmm. monster. You know what I mean? And he looks like a kid, even though he's in his Nova suit. Uh, if I tell you who my favorite character in this is going to be, you'll probably laugh. But I'm going to say the Watcher. The, well, of course. Well, yeah. uh, the, I forgot to mention the Watcher is heavily involved. <laughs> yes. in the, it's more his interact, his his speech, like his dialogue yes. with yeah. the Watcher. Even though the Watcher doesn't, the have Watcher dialogue. just stands there. It's and more so. It, yeah, it's definitely more so Sam with the Watcher. The Watcher's very very involved, especially again in the first arc. Uh, it's in its third arc right now. All of it has been really good. It's one of the best Marvel books. I'd say I, me and Drew say top five. Austin doesn't. know. I could see top five. Okay, you said top three before. And it, I, well, it is very. I would say top. I was four. like Superior Spider-Man, it, Thor, God uh, of Thunder, definitely Thor. <sighs> what else? I really like New Avengers. It's good. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, those yeah. those are like my three. But it's still top. <clears throat> Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, of course, is definitely. And then for, what's that four spot gonna be? For me, it goes. Four spot be Guardians of the Galaxy. Me. So he'd be in your top five then. Yeah, that's why I said. Top See, five for me, five. I like this book a little better than Superior Spider-Man, or yeah. at least at least the same level. It's definitely. I could see that. But it's uh, just Superior anyways. Spider-Man's got me so hooked. Anyways, definitely a top five Marvel book. Very well done. If you have been enjoying Guardians of the Galaxy, you will for sure enjoy Nova. It's got um, Speedball in it. Yeah, and now the uh, <laughs> and, now yeah. Speedball and Justice, Justice. and um, some of the other New Warriors. Actually, New Warriors get a new book. Yeah, the yeah, New Warriors is, so far, the New Warriors is Speedball, Justice, and Nova. Correct. Oh, somebody else is going to be in it who I saw that they said that they already spoiled. Damn it. Who was it? Somebody, Tell me, hi. I, can't. I forgot. Think it. Come on, buddy. You I'll, got it in there somewhere. I'll look it up. But already. those three are the basis of a pretty good team. I mean, already some of the hilarity that ensues. Oh, God. The things Speedball has said. Um, there's one part where... Uh, Sam's like Sam's hanging out in his room and someone's like yeah you should come with me and hang out and Speedball's asleep on the bed and he's like talking about Sam's mom in his sleep like no Mrs. Alexander we should wait till Sam goes to bed first yeah shouldn't we put <laughs> Sam to bed first Mrs. Alexander <laughs> it's just honestly Speedball Speedball's great in there like I have never read anything with Speedball in it so I didn't know what kind of character uh, he was you read Civil War I, I read it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and Civil War. Kane uh, from, from Scarlet Spider. That's a good name. Shit! Really? Yeah, and uh, Hummingbird, who has been in Scarlet Spider. Well. How do you get Kane and... So we've got... Uh, Wait, don't tell me Kane's going to be the father figure to the rest of them, because that's going to be hilarious. New War- yeah. New, Warrior, <laughs> New Warriors lineup. Justice, Speedball, Nova, Hummingbird, Kane... And that's all it has listed so far, but I think there will be one or two more. Actually, now that I know Kane's in it, I actually really want to read it. Yeah, this is going to be good. Kane and Speedball is like the best team up I've heard in a while. Um, I'm looking in the picture to see if I recognize anybody else out of here. Do you guys recognize anybody else? Um, no, no. This chick looks like a little Gamora. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not familiar with any of these other ones, but I'm not familiar with any of these other ones, so... Uh, I oh I know one of them is one of the new Inhumans who's uh, came during in uh, Inhumanity I think I still need to read Inhumanity it's it's okay it's interesting of course it I like it because it you know it's yeah. oh the first freaking issue with um, Karnak I haven't read it yet holy crap that's an awesome moment it's really it. good in Medusa oh man see I'm really sad that Scarlet Spider got canceled so I'm actually really happy they're bringing him back in something. Just because, like, honestly, I love that book to death. 
Um, that was probably one of my favorite books that was ongoing for a while there. So Nova, highly recommended. You guys read any good other good comics here lately? Mm. Um, I got caught up on Forever Evil some more. Um, I'm really enjoying that. Like honestly, ah, Phil linked me to. You haven't read it yet. No, not I haven't had a chance yet. I have read Baltimore books before yet, but I haven't read that. One I specific. think they're insanely. I think it was insanely good. Anything Mike McDola touches is at least interesting to read. Yeah, and usually it's very well done. Um, but that's I mean, which is why Hellboy's so goddamn good. Definitely excited to read more of it. <clears throat> um. I finished Sandman and every single offshoot or side thing that's ever existed, except for Lucifer. I didn't read Lucifer, but oh, yeah. it, it really doesn't tie into yeah. Sandman much. Sandman is, I'm going to say it's, the, it's my favorite comic ever. It's pretty good. Ahead of Ultimate Spider-Man, because... Damn, Honor. It, that's your book. I know. Even as a series, I mean, it really... It, it not only is great is a great comic, and I've said this before, I think, on the podcast, and I've told Austin, it's not just a great comic. It's a great literary accomplishment in storytelling. It is by far the best storytelling I have ever heard, I have ever read in a comic. Period. Point blank period. And not only that, there's not a single other comic I can think of that even comes fucking close to even touching it. It's that good. And the art, while it's old, because this is kind of an old book, it was late 80s. Mm-hmm. While it's old, it's very well done, and it doesn't feel dated. How long is Sandman? Very long. Very long. And it takes a long time to read, because, again, this is intricate, lots of characters, lots of shit going on, but it's so interesting. Is it more like a novel in comic form, as opposed to a... Mm, No. Kind of. Not really. Not really. Okay, I was wondering... It's like um, a is really, this really be invincible. Good... Where I'll love it, but it's not as hyped as you guys make it. This and Invincible else? are like apples and oranges. No, he, no, no. Invincible is action and craziness and funniness. This, this is, is a serious story. Yeah. Okay, I guess it is. It's way more serious than most comics. Then that makes me. That but the character, more you, there's no way you won't like this. Okay. If you're an intelligent yeah. human being, you will enjoy the shit out of this. So, do you think that when Neil gets all this? Um, excitement every time he shows up on any yes, project. Yes, he deserves it. it's worthy? Yes. Neil Gaiman's in genius. Well, I'll say this. I, I haven't read a lot of his novels. I know he supposedly has written a lot of other good novels. Well, because they brought him back recently to put him on some... I think it was either Marvel or DC brought him to do Miracle Man, was it? It was probably DC. It was DC I, I doing know. Miracle Man. I do know that he did some Batman when I was a kid that I liked. And I read Sandman when I was in like 6th grade or 7th grade. I remember because they they had it the first one on the in my library at school. It was like the only comic that they had in the library, and I remember reading it. I was like, "This is pretty cool," but it it was way over my head. Yeah. And now when I go back and read it, I was like, "There's no freaking way I would have got all of this stuff and all of the because a lot of the characters and a lot of the themes tie in way later and way into they're kind of interwebbed and interwoven. And also, every story has so many like kind of uh, morals and and hidden, like not necessarily hidden, hidden, but really messages that go way beyond what is actually, you know, being talked about. Um, it deals with a lot of ancient gods like Egyptian and, and, and gods yeah, and stuff. Definitely it's really cool. You'll definitely like it. It takes I a long time to read that it. Kind of stuff. And then I, I'm also going through um, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Yep. And Saga of Swamp Thing, which is an arc that runs from like issue 36 to 49 or whatever. I only have two left. Dear God, this is good. This is better than New 52 Swamp oh, Thing. Oh, old, old Swamp Thing's legit. It's I've freaking said it before. good. Alan Moore is great at everything he does, but 
he's batshit crazy. It's like the better they are at writing, the crazier they get. Vertigo had so many good books. I can only imagine what Brian K. Vaughn is like in real life. <laughs> I, bet, I bet Hickman sits in a white room and draws on the walls all day. And he's like in giant arms. Hickman's like that one. Spider. You remember that? I can't remember. It had a... What's his name? I can't even remember his name. Um, I haven't been caught up on East of West. How many issues have there been? Not, not, maybe one. Because it's monthly, isn't it? Yeah, it's monthly. I'm probably two issues behind now. But I, I do highly suggest Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. I just started diving into it. There's not a lot I can find online, so I'm going to have to buy the trades and hardcovers eventually. But yeah. from what I've read so far, and John Constantine's, Constantine is very heavily involved. Oh, yeah. It is phenomenal. It is very good. Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. I need to... I'm, I'm going to start collecting Hellblazers. I'm about to uh, try um, Ex Machina, which I've always oh. heard good stuff about, but never tried. So I'll, I'll be talking about that in a week or two after I've gotten through it. Thoughts on that, whether you guys should check it out or not if you haven't already. That's that's an, another series that's won a lot of awards. I've yeah. seen it. I, I think it looks interesting, but I've never actually sat down and dived into it, so I'm, I'm excited. Kind of like Fables or whatever. Yeah, so I'm excited yeah. to give it a try. Right. Fables, I, I tried. I, I liked it, but it was a little too girly for me like really too almost too fantasy like oh i can it is a good book though i mean if you enjoy that kind of stuff you'll enjoy it. it's like unwritten it felt a lot like unwritten to be honest it may even be kind of the same creative team now that i think about it but um anyways i was gonna ask uh what have you been caught up on fearless defenders or did you drop it i dropped it that book it's garbage. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't know because I knew they rebooted I th- thought they rebooted it or whatever. I think they did. Well, I read the first issue when they, they didn't necessarily quote-unquote reboot it, but they, they changed the what team. they're talking about. Yeah, the main focus of the book. See, because, like, honestly, like, the, the premise was okay. You have Valkyrie, you have, uh, what's her name? Um, Misty. Hippolyta, or whatever. Oh, the, Hippolyta. Uh, yeah. And all them, like, it was a cool idea and everything, and, um, Moonstar or whatever. Um, yep. But, like, the book just went downhill as it went on, and I was really wondering if they ever brought it back up. I quit reading it uh, three or four issues ago, and I'm not picking it back up. I've actually dropped a lot of my books, because, it, and it's because of Sandman, and I told you this, like, yeah. when I'm halfway through Sandman, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this, this stuff is ridiculous, and I'm like... I've been reading all these crappy little books just so I can keep up with things like Fearless Defenders and like a couple other Marvel books and, and one or two DC books. And I'm like, why do I waste my time reading this crap just so I can keep up with what's going on with characters when I could be reading quality literature like this, you know, and like Swamp Thing and like old books that I either need to reread or I never got a chance to mm. read. I'm like... This would be so much more time to read Ex Machina and stuff like that if I drop all this, these shit books. So I, I'm actually dropping quite a few books coming up. So um, First of all, number one on the list I'm dropping being X-Men Legacy. <laughs> I keep yeah. finally giving up. It got, yeah, because it had that syndrome where every time it gets bad, I, yeah, I give I, it one more chance and it's good. Because there's a scene where he fights Cyclops and it's ri- there's like two issues. And it was really compelling. And then again, it just goes down the crapper for three issues. I'm like, I'm done. I don't. I'm not watching it anymore or reading it anymore. But anyways, so glad we got to do a good comic section yes, today. We haven't got Nova. to do a, do a good comic section. Read Nova. It's good. It I is. Want, I want to know what what does the community think we should read for next week. 
Like, is there any yeah any, any current runs ongoing or, things you or think? even old runs for that matter? Oh, yeah. That because I read a lot of old. One stuff. of these days we're gonna get Austin to read read Why the Last Man. I'll enjoy it. I have all the truth. It is on my list still. I have them in there. He, his list is like nature. My list is like one hundred. It's not even a long. list anymore. It's like a book. It's like a scroll. It's a second spreadsheet on my spreadsheet. You have a spreadsheet. I have a spreadsheet of comics. Proficient in spreading. (laughs) He's a spreader. (laughs) Anyway. Thanks for joining us today. Again, uh, like I said earlier, we're going to be talking about maps next week. So giving you advice on what team, what maps are good for certain teams or for countering, countering other certain teams. Um, Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Send us G, uh, emails at dialhreherclicks.gmail.com. If you guys have any questions about the show, if you want to suggest a just the tip for us to talk about, um, if you uh, want to, again, like Austin just said, uh, want to hear our opinions on certain books that you enjoy, um, shoot us emails, follow us, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, like our videos. I have, I now have a tripod. I have the charger situation figured you out. Keep forgetting it. We, I just got it to uh, oh, yesterday. You, I thought you said you forgot it last week. I, I forgot it today. Oh. Um, so we have every all, everything we need to be ready to record uh, best build matches. So we'll be testing that out soon. So go to our YouTube channel, subscribe. That way you'll get the rules videos every week, and you will get gameplay videos every week, and keep up with us on what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. See you later.